Attention all you sex fiends, sinners, degenerates, and deviants. If you're looking for a hot new sex toy, now is your chance. Sex toys don't care about what's in between your legs, and that's the sign of a true ally. Go to either B-Vibe or Lawand and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase. That's S-E-X-E-D-W-I-T-H-T-I-M for 20% off anything you buy from their websites. Check the show notes for more details. Once again, that's Sex Ed with Tim for 20% off both B-Vibe and Lawan products. Your next orgasm is on me. Mwah! The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I'm a certified sex educator. I identify as a chaotic homo and... I heard this story of like how this husband wanted to tell his wife that he wanted to try anal sex. And she says, no problem. I've been fucking an asshole for years now. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I was hoping you'd like that. Dr. Oh, it's very funny. (laughs) Because like how many times have you doc like encountered a couple that's like, my husband wants to try anal. Does that mean he's gay? Oh, I know. No. All the time. You know All what my time. response is? Mm. I have a very um, a, a popular line. Your anus doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't know whether it's gay, straight, or bi. It's an anus. Exactly. I mean, everybody poops. We all want right. to shove something in there at one point or another. So. Right fucking enjoy the process while you're at it right exactly (laughs) so listeners i have here (sighs) i am so happy about my guests being here on the show i am so fucking excited i cannot contain myself i am a fanboy he is just the most wonderful sex therapist sex educator podcaster author everything that you want and more oh my god dr joe how are you thank you for having me i'm very good thank you how are you? I am so good. It is kind of like cold and rainy right here right now, so it's fine. I have a dick appointment scheduled for later. We're going to be all warm and cuddly. It's right. going to be <laughs> good. <laughs> With this big, gigantic pillow behind me, Richard the Giant Penis. I saw that. I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> this is Richard because he combines two of my favorite things, being rich and being hard. So, mm, All right. <laughs> and the nickname for Richard is obviously Dick, right? So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Joe, first of all, before we begin with our amazing dialogue, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm coming up on 37 years in the field. Actually, I have a practice in Royal Oak, Michigan, right outside Detroit. I have 17 therapists that work for me as a group. We have a group here. I have specialized in sexual abuse and trauma and all kinds of out of control behaviors, problematic things for sex. And then in my 40s, I went back and got a um, PhD in clinical sexology so that I could help people with their own find their own sexual health, their own erotic thumbprint, so to speak. And um, so that's been nice because people usually get well in therapy with trauma work, and then they are left with how do I navigate my sexuality? So I've always done that. I'm gay. I'm married 29 years. And, um, you know, I've always been an LGBT therapist and activist, but I would say that most of my clients throughout my career have been straight. And people will call my office and say, do you see straight people? And I say, Yes, I, I, I do. You know, and it's, I feel like that kid in the sixth sense. I see straight people. Oh, my God. They're everywhere. <laughs> Holy shit. Who knew there, there was so many of them? I did not I know, know exactly. that. Exactly. Right. Oh and I, and I've 
It's not like I came here from some gay planet and arrived here at 18 and tried to figure you out. I've been here my whole my whole life. I've been watching you my whole life. <laughs> I came from a gay planet. Oh, it's you called did? <laughs> Popertania somewhere out there. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't Uranus, the one that everyone No, would no, say. not Uranus. <laughs> I came from a bottle of chemicals that make your anus go. Um, All right. Oh, good. <laughs> but wow, that is so interesting that you see straight people <laughs> not to fixate on that because like a lot of my clients are heterosexual there are a lot of breeders out there um the bless their heart uh <laughs> but it's so interesting that like so many of your clients are heteros because i feel like most problems come from like what you're talking about in your book when especially like the straight men they're uh, wondering about their sexuality and their masculinity and all that. So uh, going back to your book, um, is my husband gay, straight, or bi a guide for women concerned about their men by Dr. Joe Court? So I want to talk all about that, starting with how I discovered you was your most controversial TikTok ever. <laughs> Which I fucking love. Oh my god, it gave me so much life. I love it when gay people just stir shit up. Um, how about you tell us a little about what like went into this uh, writing process? What really gave way to is my husband gay straight or bi? So I always uh, work with male sexuality. That's my main thing. And sexual abuse. So I would see, that's really the clientele I see mostly in my office are um, sexual abuse survivors, males who are, um, when it's, when sexual abuse goes untreated, you, what we, we, I say, you return to the scene of the sexual crime. You recreate it over and over again. You're trying to solve a puzzle that is unsolvable by going back into it. So what happens with men who've been perpetrated by males in childhood is they will go and find, seek out sex with men um, to recreate what happened to them. It's not on purpose. The, the psyche is trying to figure out and go back to the event and say, what happened here? How do I fix it? But that's not how that works. You can't you can't fix it that way. And they would come in and say, am I gay? I must be gay. I'm having sex with men. And that's the number one reason that people and, and they're not having sexual urges. These men are having trauma urges. That's different. A trauma urge can be sexualized, eroticized. A sexual urge is erotic. It's a sexual urge. Right, right. So a trauma urge is then what? Like you're just trying to bond with someone over a traumatic experience? Yes, yes, exactly. <gasps> and it's really not even bonding with that person. It's bonding with the event. Yes. Oh, my God. So you mean to tell me there are some guys out there that are like, they're just trying to replay or like heal their sort of trauma through sex? Oh, my yes, God. Yes. Gay men? Traumatic? Never heard of that before. Yeah, what? Well, well, now, uh, I, let me just be clear. I'm talking about straight men, right? I'm not saying oh, okay, people okay. be confused. When I say this, they're like, wait a minute, you're saying gay men are like, no, I'm a fucking gay man. What are you saying? I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm saying that these are straight men. And it can happen to a gay guy having sex with women if he had a female perpetrator. It does happen. Right. Oh, my God. That's so true. Oh, that's so sad. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, right. oh, my God, that is that's absolutely awful. And it, you're doing the Lord's work by helping the men out there because God knows everybody, all the men out there, they need help. But. That's kind of what gave way to this big viral discussion on your TikTok. You're like, did you know that you can be straight and still have sex with men? And I was like, mm, I, I got to be honest. My gut reaction yep. was like, uh, so can you explain a little bit as to how that's possible? Right. So it's, it's equally as possible for gay men to have sex with women and still be gay. Lesbians can have sex with men and still be lesbians. And we all get that. We like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. When a straight man has sex with men and he's still straight, uh, or women, right? Heterosexual, cisgender women are lugs until they graduate college. Lesbian until graduation. Everybody understands that. Women have, here's what I always say. When men have one non-heterosexual thought, he's stigmatized. When a woman has a non-heterosexual thought, she's fetishized. Women are given wiggle room and they're like, yeah, no, that was just her, her bisexual years or, oh, she did that because her husband wanted to. But if a guy sucks dick or gets fucked or has any kind of sexual interaction with another guy, he's lost his heterosexual identity. It's stupid. Why, why it is that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, why is there such a 
absurd double standard when it comes to male sexuality and female sexuality. It's male. It's stigma. It's stigmatizing male sexuality. That's absolutely the number one reason is that um, we are put in a male box and we are only supposed to act and behave in certain ways. And um, that's why my video, that was the second time I went viral. The very first video I ever made on TikTok, I knew that I wanted to get the word out there about straight men who have sex with men. So I did that. I have a million views. I've less, less on that than the other one. But that one really stirred people up. But the, the one at the gym really, 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 really stirred people <laughs> up. It was crazy. But I think it's because I was in a gym. I, I was confronting all the masculine norms. I was at a gym. I, I didn't do any of this on purpose. It was brilliant, though. Like, when I think about it, I'm like, God, I fucking wish Very, I had thought of this. Yeah. It was, yeah. right? I'm talking about straight men. And, and, you know, gyms are homoerotic and the showers. And, oh, and then, yes. you know, I don't know if you noticed, I was wearing those gloves. I love those yeah, gloves because they got me. And people, and these, and then I got man-shamed. What, is, what are you wearing those bitch gloves for? Those are bitch <laughs> gloves. I told my trainer, these are bitch gloves. Did you know that? So I started doing videos bitch with my bitch gloves. gloves. <laughs> yep. What does that even so mean, stupid. bitch gloves? <laughs> I, like, you're not supposed to wear gloves. Well, you've got to be a man in the gym. And, you know, like, that. it was just so, you know, so I'm I'm targeting patriarchy. I'm targeting misogyny. I'm targeting misandry, you know. And mm. what I was really shocked about that video is that LGBT people didn't agree with me. I was like, because, mm. I don't know, you seem younger than me. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 28 right now. Yeah, you're very young. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your generation mm-hmm. disappoints me so badly in I this know. way. Well, no, no, it's, I mean, love your generation in many ways, but <laughs> Great. I fought I my entire life, and so have people before me and some people after me, to help people understand that what we do in bed doesn't define who we are. If I'm never sexual another fucking day of my life, I'm still gay. So then when people say, well, no, well, if you're a straight man and you have sex with men, then that defines you. It doesn't, you can't have it both ways. That's what I always say. Right. So then that kind of brings up the question, what differentiates a straight man to a gay man if not the partners that we're having sex with like isn't isn't that like the core of the gay identity for a man to have sex with another man to like love another man well love be attracted to be romantically inclined toward to want to make a life with now when gay men sleep with women that's not necessarily what they want they're like hey i'm I'm," or or gay men have sex with trans men who haven't had bottom surgery, right? So they're actually giving oral sex, penetrating a trans man. It doesn't mean he, he, you know, and he is a man, but he's engaging in female genitalia, that we call it. And we don't say, oh, he must be bi. Some people do that, but really people understand the gay guy is still the gay guy. So the straight guy, he's not attracted to men. The straight guy having sex with men is attracted to the act. So they will want to get fucked and they will suck dick. And so people, well, that's gay. No, gay is if you are looking up and you think, oh, my God, what a hot guy. I want to marry this guy. I want to have a family with this guy. That's not what the straight guys are doing. They want to be submissive. They want to have prostate massage. They want to have a power exchange. Sometimes money's involved. There's a lot of people that like to get paid for sex and uh, like to be worshipped. Have a, you know, women aren't, aren't muscle worshipping all the, uh, a lot of straight guys. A lot of straight guys want to be told their dicks are huge, their muscles are huge, and a gay guy, boom, will we'll do all that. And then he, they're both satisfied. <laughs> That's so true. We're so easy. Right? I swear to God. <laughs> That's why my we pronouns are, are cum dump. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, right. So... Uh, I want to go back to your book. There's a, in the very beginning, you do define or at least help men understand where they lie on the sexuality spectrum. Because sexuality does lie on the spectrum. Like for me, I don't believe I'm 100% gay because I have slept with women or like I do sleep with like men who have vulvas and vaginas. And like I don't feel like that makes me any less gay. I've been Mm -hmm. like, joked and teased about like oh you're not a gold star gay and like i i wasn't aware that we were being tested on this I, what? yeah right huh? exactly <laughs> so um there's uh, i believe in like page seven of your book you talk about like uh gay fantasies and behaviors gay erotic desire gay identity and like romantic gay connections if i'm yes. not mistaken yeah so can yeah. you go a little bit more into those and how we can use those four aspects to navigate our own sexuality Yeah. um, Well, I mean, here's what I always say. We have a sexual orientation and we have an erotic orientation. My sexual orientation is men. I'm attracted to men. 
my erotic orientation might include women. My erotic orientation are the things that turn me on, that get me off, like lesbians who have rape fantasies, violent rape fantasies uh, by, about straight men um, getting in a train and raping them. That, that, that's an erotic fantasy. It's not a sexual orientation. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And people don't understand that. So there's a, so the men are, are playing out an erotic exchange, but the gender is less relevant than the erotic exchange. Right. So they want the act in that fantasy more than like the person doing it. Yes. Right. Okay. So they might have, right. So, so some kind of uh BDSM, uh, foot fetish, worship, cuckolding, you know, uh, hot wifing. There's so many different ways to engage and people, and that's the other thing about my videos is that people always think of anal sex. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm a gay guy. I've never had anal sex. I'm never going to, I'm not a top. I'm not a bottom. I have zero interest in any of that. Does that make me not gay? Is my butt going to say something to me one day and say, Hey, Joe Corp, by the way, we got something to tell you down here. You're not gay because we're off limits. No, it means that I'm a side. I made, I coined that term uh, in 2012. I wrote an article on Huffington Post. I'm not a top. I'm not a bottom. I'm a side. And a mm. lot of guys, we have like 4,200 men in a Facebook group who identify as sides. They don't get into outer intercourse. They get into outer course. It's different. Like fraudage? Like fraudage, right. Like everything else but intercourse, you know. So that's the thing. So then people don't understand that two men, any two people, can have a sexual and erotic exchange that has very little to do with um, gender or sexual right. In preference. Right? right, right. Because honestly... Dr. Joe, I could do with the sex without seeing his face ever. Like it's just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> shut the okay. hell up. Like don't ever right, right. when I see a when I see a man, all I see is an Adam's apple with a wallet. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just pay just pay for the condoms, pay for the transportation and the Uber we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Right, right. That makes sense. Right. So uh so that is like the gay sexual act or like the or the behavior rather that's the gay behavior that's and then the behavior yeah and then what, what's the other one you, I forget uh, what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it's your book um know, you I also know. you also wrote about like gay erotic desire and like your gay identity and romantic rom oh, being yeah, romantically yeah, yeah. gay yeah yeah so gay erotic uh i uh Gay erotic is just I'm uh, people. A lot of men are into homoerotic things. Like a lot of men enjoy watching forced bisexuality. You know, fantasies of you know a woman forcing her husband or her boyfriend to be sexual with another man. Or that's that's gay erotica, right? That's not, and they may never act on it. They just like to watch gay porn. There was a study that showed twenty percent of straight men watch gay porn, and I think it was like fifty percent of gay men watch straight porn. Right. So that's just mm. erotica. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then because there's identity. I, yeah. Right. No, no, I was just going to go on that because I have watched uh, straight porn only because like, I love watching a guy pound away. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wish that was me. <laughs> a lot of straight, a lot of gay guys watch it for that, for the alpha male in the room. Oh yes. Do you know how many times I've had a fantasy with like Chris Hemsworth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, you know um, they used to have a really yeah. great uh, porn site called um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Wait, <laughs> That's that was the, the name of that show. That's the show. <laughs> no? So it was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and what it was was, yeah, no, it was real. It, it was straight porn, but you know how straight porn mostly straight guys on for the gay. Woman. Yeah, was it like straight guys for gay eyes or something like that? I oh, think it was oh, that maybe one. it was that. Maybe yeah. Straight. Yeah. Oh, so you know it. Okay. <laughs> of course, Doctor yeah, Joe. You know how much porn was... I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen, I've seen too much porn to last me five lifetimes. Um, yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> no, but like I, I was very much into watching straight porn. Uh, well, okay. My journey with that kind of porn was like I thought I was like attracted to women at some point, and then as I grew older, I was like not as focused on the woman as I was on the man. So I was like, I'm only getting turned on if the camera pans on the dick fucking. And I'm like, hmm, something's going on here. I don't really know yeah, what to right. call it. And I was like really, sure. really young. I was like fucking eight years old when I saw my first porn. Yeah. So yeah, it's like that. It, it was just so interesting to see how like I was 
vacillating between like, am I straight? Am I bisexual? Am I gay? I don't know what I am, but whatever the fuck, this feels good to me, right? Right. Good that you weren't so focused on the label. Straight men struggle a little bit more because um, they want to know uh, who, when the, and they're fluid. A lot of people have sexual fluidity. So that's another thing people don't understand. And no matter how many videos I make on this, I get bashed by bisexuals. You're a bi erasure. You're making it sound like this. And it's, it's different. You can be bisexual and be fluid. Fluidity just means, and I'm actually, I've become fluid as I've gotten older. I'm a gay man. But every once in a while, a woman comes up into my life and I actually could have sex with her. I don't know that I really could, but I have thought about it and I, I'm attracted to her. That's a fluidity. It's not all women, certain women. Same is true for straight men who are fluid. Every once in a while, a man comes into their life and they're able to have a sexual exchange, but they're not attracted to men in general, where a bisexual would be. It would be more than just these contextual random guys. It would be guys in general. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. What's up, all you sick fucking perverts? Don't you just love love? The Love Shop has everything you need to feel the love in the air or in between your legs, wherever you want, really. They've got everything from vibrators, lubes, lingerie, and even full-sized sex dolls. <laughs> While I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes, visit loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code sexedwithtim at checkout for 15% off the whole store. And the best part is that they ship all over Canada, US, and what? Ireland? To all my whores in Dublin, top of the morning to ya. <laughs> That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and check out code sexedwithtim for 15% off the entire store. Now get to fucking do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy of course you do only my listeners are sexy as fuck i have partnered with fetishwear designer dale kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps harnesses hats and more head over to dalekuda.com that's d-a-l-e-k-u-d-a.com and use code sexedwithtim at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me. 25% off. And cherry on top. Free shipping. Oh my god. <laughs> I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me. And girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there and I'm on the train I'm just like uh, 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 thank you Dale <laughs> that's dalecuda.com with the code sexedwithtim for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping with a deal like that I swear I could come buckets honey <laughs> the show is about to begin yes I have a real-life situation I want to post to you because this has happened to me. I think it was like 2018-ish. So I was drinking. I was like, you know, in the village, woo, being trash, yay. And this woman came up to me and just started, you know, footing my tab. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, sure. I mean, free drink is a free drink. Um, so, like, she, she was just very nice and starting to be all, like, very friendly. Uh, I got a couple more drinks inside of me, and then the next thing I knew, I was at her place. thought I was going to play video games because she said Nintendo GameCube, and I'm like, yes! Um, yeah. Because <laughs> that's really what's going to get in my pants, right? Um, uh, and then, uh, uh. <laughs> out of nowhere, like, we just, like, felt this spark between us where she just mounted on top of me, and uh, we started going at it. And uh, it wasn't until I was in her bedroom that I discovered that she has kept her penis. So does that mean, like, I'm less gay? Does that mean I'm still gay? What does that say about me? Does any of that say anything about where I am on the spectrum? Am I questioning? Am I what? Like, am I confused? Zero. It Zero. does not say anything about your orientation. It might be related, but it doesn't automatically mean it's related just because there was another penis in the room um, and that you might have been turned on, you know, by uh, on a woman. You know, some people are attracted to the gender fluidity. Uh, there's a word for it. It's called gynandromorphophilia. Gynandromorphophilia, where a woman from the waist up 
uh, male genitalia from the waist down. Um, I, I think it's andromorphophilia when it's a trans man, a male from the waist up and a vulva and a, a vagina from the waist down. So right. no, it, no, it doesn't. I mean, people can be attracted to, like I said, the act is more important than the gen genitals in the room. Just because I had sex with a woman who kept her penis doesn't make me less gay. I'm still not at all because, like, I find myself I don't know in the arms of Idris Elba one day, you know, just carrying me on the beach and uh -huh. we'll ride off into the sunset. <laughs> and I like that. That's like my my dream. Like I I wish to end up with a man. I am more primarily attracted to men. I I don't know what else is there like about my because like. Isn't that the only thing that makes us gay? <laughs> right, right. No, it's not. It's no, not. I mean, right. It's the romantic attraction. So then you have, so here it's kind of confusing though, right? Because gay men have sexual interest and romantic interest in other men, but straight men can have romantic interest in other men and fall in love. I've had many guys come through here confused because they fell in love with another guy. They even tried to have sex with the guy and the sex didn't work because they weren't gay. They weren't sexually attracted to the guy just romantically. So it doesn't always line up with your orientation. But when it does, and, and this is the other thing I always say to people, I'm not a gay whisperer, right? If I was a gay whisperer, I God love you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I would not be here tonight. I would be on my boat with Diana Ross and Cher having yes! you know, martinis and just like, and be rich as hell. Because everybody wants to know, is my husband gay? Am I gay? What's, you know? So I'm not a gay whisperer. I can't tell you who is gay. I can help people figure it out for themselves. But I can't, I can't tell who is. <laughs> because we're truly blending into society, right, Dr. Joe? Like, we are not as, like, femme as you want us to be. We're, like, assassins. Ass, ass in. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we're blending in. We, you don't know where we are. <laughs> like, my best friend says that I am the straightest gay man he's ever known. I'm like, oh. what, is, what does that mean? Because, like, I, I don't traditionally dress, like, you know, with a crop top or the heels. Or, uh, so I, I ask him, like, yeah. what, do you, what do you think makes a visible gay man? And that really got him thinking. It's like, how do you want me to dress to make myself more gay? What, what are your expectations mm -hmm. of me? Right? I was like, hmm, you know what? I would rather take sweats and a big oversized hoodie than fucking leather pants and a harness any day because that shit yeah, gets uncomfortable. Right, right. Now you think. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it just gets uncomfortable and it's really expensive to upkeep with the leather and shit. Oh my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> so going back to your core demographic of uh, heterosexual couples, what do you usually notice is like in a pattern of behavior when it comes to men who are starting to question their identity. And do you notice anything with their spouses? Are they like worried? Is there some sort of like gay panic or as you coined yeah. homosexual obsessive compulsive disorder? Like, yeah, no, what? I didn't coin that. That's just out there. Oh. I, was just, I just wrote about it. No, I didn't coin that. Oh, cool. um, yeah, no. And that's a horrible thing too, because the person is suffering with OCD, but it's attached to worrying that they might be homosexual. They're not homophobic. They're, they're totally gay friendly. And they, they even say, if I'm gay, then help me be gay. I, 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 but, but I can't, but they're not. But the OCD has caused them to be convinced they might be. But women, I, I, when I started working with these couples, I first thought that women were probably going to be mostly worried about their health, STIs, STD, HIV transmission. They're worried about that, but that's not the first thing. Their first worry is, he's going to leave me. If he's Aww. gay, he's going to leave me. It's very sad. It's very upsetting. And um, so that's the first thing. And then she feels betrayed, obviously. She feels like, you know, you lived a lie. If you had same-sex attraction, why didn't you tell me? Well, a lot of men – see, and that's the other thing I was going to say earlier, why people struggle with straight men who have sex with men. M many gay men, before they come out, think they're straight. Because as children, that's what we're taught. You're straight and you're cisgender. We're not giving any other options. So you're, con you're in a heterosexual tr trance. You have even convinced yourself you're straight until you come out. So people think that the men I'm talking about are really those men. It's not true. So I don't know if her husband is gay, straight, or bi. I have four questions. Do you know the four? Did you, did you get to that part of my book about what I, I asked? I think so, but can you please refresh us for the listeners? Yeah, no, I love these questions. The first question is, do you, the, to straight men who have sex with men, 
Do you have any youthful noticing? In other words, when I was young, I remember being a Cub Scout in the locker room, being turned on by all the boys naked in the shower. Uh, in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, in showering, I was turned on. Billy Ramnick was a boy I was in love with, turned on. Straight men who have sex with men do not have any of those. There's nothing. It's all female. You know, they mm. might have been in a circle jerk, but they weren't turned <laughs> on by the circle jerk the way the gay and bi guy were, was, right? I was waiting for the next invite. You know, when if, you know we didn't have Facebook then, but I would be looking every day to the next circle jerk. But the straight guy's not. It was, it's more experimentation, you know. So secondly, I ask, uh, is there any homophobia? Straight men who have sex with men, the ones I see in my office, have zero homophobia. They're not anti-gay. They even say, if I'm gay, like I said, help me be gay. The third thing is the beach test. Oh, go ahead. You're going to ask me something? No, no. It's just like, help me be gay. That's an interesting thing for a client to ask. <laughs> know, they're like, help me come out, you know, <laughs> help me get to, you know, the, th the next one is the beach test. When you're on a beach, what are you drawn to before you're even aware that you're watching, looking and desiring? And I always say to women, no offense to you, but you're in my way. I'm looking at your husband. I'm looking at your adult son. I am not looking at you. You're, you're blocking my view, really, you know? So um, straight men say that men block their view. They're looking at women. That's who they desire. And the last question is, who do you want to come home to? Straight men who have sex with men say women. They don't say oh, men. Right. And that's the right. romantic part. Oh, yes. It's right? more of like the, the idea of like uh, creating a life together with a, a specific person. Absolutely. Aww, that's so sweet. Yeah, no, I remember watching uh, Baywatch and I was like, Pam Anderson, move. I need to see uh, David Hasselhoff. Please, come on. I, I just want to see his, right, his right, right, exactly. jiggle a little bit. <laughs> I mean, she's <laughs> exactly. beautiful and I will not like, uh, I will always acknowledge a beautiful woman, but I'm like, I don't want to fuck you primarily. I want to fuck fucking David Hasselhoff right now before he went on a downward spiral. God bless his heart. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in the book, you also talk about core sexual scripts. What do you mean oh, yeah. by those? Yeah. Okay. So core sexual scripts is your erotic fantasies. The, the go-to fantasies when you're going for that orgasm, what do you think about? Everybody has usually certain fantasies, positions, things they think about. Um, and so your core erotic fantasies tell you information about who you are. I call it crack. I have a, actually a little booklet I wrote. Cracking the Erotic Code for Gay Men, helping understand the non-sexual meanings of why you're turned on by what you're turned on by. Does that make sense? A little bit. Can you go a little more into that? Yeah. So um, let me give you an example. There was a person who had a sexual interest in amputees, female amputees. But okay. She had to be missing one of her legs. And he was very disturbed by it because he felt, I'm objectifying these women. What, you know, why is that? That's what I'm drawn to. He didn't even really need porn. Porn for him would be to go to YouTube and watch it on YouTube and watch women struggling with a, you know, a, a, a lag that was missing. When he was a boy and he was raised by his fully able-bodied mother, uh, she was so depressed that she was couch-ridden. They lived on government assistance, and he had a lot of painful memories of being with her. Across the hall was a woman with a, a missing leg. An amputee. And so she, he would ask her, do you need help with the groceries up and down the stairs? Can I help? And she'd say, nope, I don't need help, but I need company. So come and join me. So there was this powerful woman across the hall, this depressed, powerless woman in, in the house because of her own issues. When his sexual orientation kicked in, it was to women. When his erotic orientation kicked in, it was to amputees. So it wow. came from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always come from somewhere. I've had People talk about, um, I did my very first podcast many years ago. A guy was, they were, they were ropers. The guy liked tying up women his, his, consensually. And it was a big turn on. And, and there's a word, I always forget the word for when they do beautiful knots. Oh, What's it uh, Shibari? Yeah, Shibari. But rigor, he was a rigor, right? Yeah. Um, a roper, he called himself. Um, oh, but he said he didn't have anything happen to him. He remembered being a Cub Scout and learning to tie knots with an erection. <laughs> Wait, he used his erection to tie a knot, or he got an erection from tying? He got an knots? erection tying the knot. Okay, see the way you phrase that, I was like, that is talent to tie yeah, a knot right. with that an erection. <laughs> yes. So, does that mean like sexual orientation is not necessarily ingrained, but rather like you know nature versus nurture? Is that 
uh, or is it a combination of both? Well, people always ask that question. We don't have anything conclusive. More conclusive than not is that it's nature, that it's not. I mean, yeah, it's not nurture. It's it's biological, but we don't have any evidence. I feel like, I don't know why this isn't talked about, but I feel like trans people are showing and proving to us that it's nature. It's not nurture. These tra trans people weren't raised to be a different gender and then suddenly discovered that they have a different gender. They've always known. It's, a, it's been a biological problem for them that they were in the wrong body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. just think it's nature. I don't, I think it's so obvious, but we don't have conclusive evidence. I wish there was like some way to like pinpoint to a conclusion that like, you know what, let's stop fucking fighting about this. Like let trans people use whatever bathroom they need. Let gay guys get married because th there's nothing like mentally ill, quote unquote, about this. This is just who mm -hmm. we are. Like, I, you know what, if given the choice, I would not want to be attracted to men because men are so exhausting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. You know, also like women are so pretty and flowery. I'm like, I wish I could look and smell like that all the time. Instead, I got to like, you know, look, B.O. and shit. Um, no. So I, I want to ask more about like the root of these like sexual uh, sexual fixations, I guess I want to say, because mm -hmm. you were earlier in this conversation, you talked about like traumas and everything. I don't want to just boil down my sexuality because of something that happened to me as a kid, right? How do I differentiate my, or at least how do I define my sexuality if it's not from trauma, is it just something that's ingrained in me, something that I was born with, like you said? Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to panic and that. be like, right? I don't want to panic. Yeah, but but why would you? Why would you panic? Even people that where it does come from trauma, so what? Now the first time it happened to you that was horrible and non-consent, and you were a child, whatever it was. But now that you're an adult and you get off on that very thing, so what? You know, now not what I was saying is not everything comes from trauma, and but much of what happens to us from in childhood gets embedded and coded into our sexuality, into our eroticism, the things that turn mm. us on. Mm. It also gets coded into our romantic orientation, who we're drawn to. So I was raised by narcissists. Every one of the adults in my family, every one of them is a complete narcissist. So I found myself attracted to narcissistic guys. And I had to make a decision in my 20s if I was going to be with somebody you I didn't want to be with a narcissist. I didn't want that. So I picked I picked a guy that wasn't one. I I was intentional about that. But mm. so does that make sense that how we there's a great line by a woman named Esther Perel. She's I love a her. really really great. I love yeah, Esther Perel. Made in captivity. She has a great line. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and in that book she has a line. Tell me how you were loved as a child and I'll tell you how you make love as an adult. Oh. I love that. I could masturbate oh. just saying that. <laughs> I think she's so poetic. Her stuff is so poetic, it turns me on. You know, yeah. it's just very smart, really smart. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Okay, so I don't really have to blame my homosexuality based on, I don't know, some gay bullying that happened to me as a kid, right? Not your homosexuality, but your sexual interests, yes. My sexual interests. So some people oh. who are bullied. Yes, people who some people who are bullied like to bully in the bedroom or like to be bullied in the bedroom. Oh my the gay god! Gay activist during the day might be wanting to be called a faggot and a bitch in the bedroom. Oh, sorry, I just <laughs> came when you called me that. <laughs> See, a lot of gay men have eroticized that, even though we uh, hate it in real life. Right, because it's like you know when some stranger calls me a faggot, I'm like, ew, gross. But like when my lover calls me a faggot, I'm like, oh my god, say it to me more, <laughs> and like. I feel like there's there's a sense of power in that, right? When you reclaim something yeah. as yours, like I have hired an escort to help me reclaim a traumatic event. Like I was drugged at the bar and sexually assaulted. So I hired him to like help me reframe that to something that, that was within my control because I had like all the consent. I had the money. I had all the dynamics in place. And it really like... I came out of that session crying, Dr. Joe. Oh, my mm. God. <laughs> it, was, it was so healing. And I feel like a lot of gay guys, they do have a, uh, they have a problem or rather some sort of issue that they, at, le at least the ones that are in the closet or men who are struggling with their own sexual identity, right? 
Or am I, is is that accurate or uh, am I just like shooting in the dark here? Uh, Well, say it again. What do you mean? Like when you are a guy who's struggling with your own sexuality and you just are, are, are trying to heal right you're when you're trying to heal mm-hmm. from some sort of childhood trauma right like i i don't want to be that guy who's like i don't want to blame this weirdness that i'm feeling because of a childhood trauma i know that i i guess i if i were their therapist i would want to ask them why they can't allow themselves to recognize and be okay with that it might come from somewhere dark but that they can learn to play with it. A lot of the stuff that we get off on, vanilla, kink, whatever, is comes from somewhere in our childhood. It comes from somewhere in our past, negative and positive. You know. So what's wrong with the negative stuff getting embedded in there? I mean, it doesn't mean I, 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 if you feel that way and people feel that way, that's fine. But it's it's not going to be helpful to you because when people come into my office, they say I would like a, they want me to give them an erotichectomy. You know, like they want me to just say, I don't want to be turned on by this. My uncle did this to me. My mother did this to me. Slice this out of my head. Get it out of me. Impossible. Your erotic orientation is permanent. It's what it is. Now, you don't have to act on it. You can add to your erotic interests, but you're not going to take away. You're not giving yourself an erotic ectomy. That's <laughs> that's funny, an erotic ectomy. That's interesting because now that you you as you keep speaking, I have noticed two kinds of clients that you've just described one that like wants to be more gay and one that wants to be less gay that's kind mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. that's a fascinating thing do you how do you approach each client when they're they're trying to get into these extremes i mean i look at internalized homophobia right masculinity scripts um just what what's their what's their uh, messaging in their head about what it is to be gay what it isn't to be gay like that mm yeah, because what does it mean to be gay now that straight men have gentrified anal sex? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? No, but like, honestly, though, what does it mean to be gay besides the four that we've talked about? Like, uh, this is just a question to the audience. Like, drop it in the comments. What do you guys think it means to be gay? Right? Like, there's no right or wrong way to be gay. I feel like. No. You know? Right? No. There's no... And also, there's no right or wrong way to be quote unquote masculine, right, Doctor Joe? Right, right. right. There's no. Nope. There's just whatever your yep. However it manifests for you. Yeah. Or there's no right or wrong way to be a man. Right. I feel like I feel like that's important because I have been on Twitter today. My mistake <laughs> to see a whole bunch of like people gatekeeping men and masculinity. Like I saw this one tweet that was like, when a guy orders dessert, that's kind of fruity for me. That's a big red flag, and I'm like. Fellas, is it gay to eat stupid. cake? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> stupid, right? Or like you wearing your bitch gloves? <laughs> right, right. I should have worn them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, fellas, is it gay to not want calluses on your hands? <laughs> right. That's so weird. Back to your clients. I want to know more about like the spouse's point of view. What are some of the questions that they bring up? What are some of the worries, the behaviors that they exhibit? Yeah, just the idea that did he cheat on me? Um, is he going to cheat on me? Is he going to leave me? Um, how do we make the marriage work if you, this is in your head? Um, you know, and what does it mean to him? So these are conversations that are scary, but people you know have with each other and um, need to have with each other so that she can feel calmer and understand or not or understand that wait a minute he might want to act on this and go go in that direction in some way. Um, oh, it's a little wow. scarier to a woman with a man than it is a man to a woman. So if a woman expresses some interest in other women, that can be kind of hot. It's not always hot to a woman. Her first thought is you might be gay, but, but there are a lot of straight women, a lot who are turned on by two men. I mean, I get it. I have seen a lot of like straight women who are just jacking it to gay porn. Yeah. And I, like, I get it. You know, because yeah. jilling is... it, not jacking it, jilling it, <laughs> jilling it. Pardon me, jilling it. Yeah, right, uh, flicking right. the bean. <laughs> right. That that's interesting. Um, how do you like walk them through the process of like it's okay, your husband's not going to leave you. I don't do that. Yeah, no, no. I no, I work with the couple and get them talking to each other and organically assist them in through communication where it's going to go for them. I don't guide them in any way. Zero. Okay. I don't okay. think that, that wouldn't be a good therapy technique at all. No. What are some of the questions I know, no. that you pose, though? 
Yeah, a lot of therapists will. A lot of therapists think the guy's gay, so he should come out and get divorced. She's straight. She should go divorce and get a straight guy. And I'm like, who the hell are you to determine what this couple needs? They have to figure this out. This is their journey, not yours. Yeah. As a unit, right? Because that's yeah. how they're going to make it work. What are some right. of the questions that you pose during your sessions? Just like, uh, you know, to help build that foundation of a good communication. Uh, well, I do Imago relationship therapy. So I wrote, write about it in the book where I use a sender receiver where they can't have a natural conversation in the office. I prefer them one to send, one to receive. And the receiver is just mirroring back what I hear you saying. Am I getting it? Is there more? So really the sender can speak freely however they need to speak, what hurts them, what, what they're afraid of, really digging down deep. And then um, when they're done, we switch. The sender becomes the receiver. The receiver becomes the sender. And then we just go back and forth like that in my office, talking about important issues. I like that because all too often we talk over each other right. rather than rather Interrupt, than like, yeah, interpret. We be, yeah, we need to be more active listeners. Just literally yes. sit there and just be like, I understand. Or this is what I heard. This is what I understood. Is that correct? Totally. Yes. Oh my God. That's so sexy to me. Oh my God. I wish more guys would learn how to be active listeners, but they're just like, just come on my face and get out of here. I'm like, I want to cuddle. (laughs) I want to cuddle and talk. (laughs) Do you find that there have been couples that you've uh, helped uh, with a man coming out as gay and then they still stay in their heterosexual marriage? Oh, yeah. A lot really? of couples stay, um, but they stay, they're open. There's more of an openness. So he might have a boyfriend. He has access to sexual experiences, maybe romantic. Uh, it's very hard. It's very difficult for the couple, but they often don't want to leave each other. They have a good marriage. They even have a good sex life often. Okay. So the, uh, help me make sense of that because uh, that that's what I, I think it's called a mixed orientation marriage, is it? Yes. Yep. Yep. And a lot of people think that they don't make it, but they don't make it if they want monogamy and he or the, or she, whomever's the person coming out, uh, wants to express their themselves in, in a non-heterosexual way. So uh, it really does demand that there be some openness for experimenting and exploring. Do you see a lot of those kinds of relationships working or does it kind of just end in tragedy mm-hmm. a lot? No, I mean, it's all over the board, but I, I want people to hear that it can work but it takes a lot of work for it to work and you're challenging yourself and what you believed was true about your marriage believed what you what was true about monogamy that kind of stuff Mm, yeah because we're taught that like it should be one man one woman and you only have sex in marriage and you're once you find the one that's the one for the rest of your life but i'm more of like why am i not allowed to love more than one person i can love as many people as i want like also right. like I just want to fuck as many people as I want. <laughs> sure, right? Absolutely. Oh my god, there's no, there's only one of me, but uh, there's a lineup. There's a velvet rope to my bedroom. People, take a number. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I was a questioning straight man, how do I reconcile this feeling of like, am I gay? Am I straight? But I'm still in love with my wife. And I don't want to leave her. How how do I get comfortable with that confusion, that disillusionment? Talking with her and talking with the therapist and going out into the gay community and seeing if that's even what even speaks to you at all, reading books, but really including her in that process as much as you can. And um, okay. those, it's a, they're the hardest cases, really. Mm-hmm. And the same thing would go for like a gay man, right? Like uh, all of a sudden develop feelings for a woman. When when Mm -hmm. I'm in a committed relationship with a man, I got to (laughs) like, how do I go out into the straight scene if there is such a thing? Right. (laughs) Right. That's true. That does that. Right. Go to a football game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, how do you even uh, go? I guess every straight bar out there, every bar is a straight bar at this point. Really? I don't know. (laughs) But, but listen, I so appreciate being on your show. This has been a really great uh, experience and I really appreciate that. You didn't know me until TikTok. That's what I love about TikTok. It's like, um, it's not like Instagram or Twitter. Everybody follows you because they know you and they like you and you, you, you put stuff out there, but you're not really 
um, I like TikTok because it throws you into other people's worlds. They're thrown in your world and suddenly you're confronted with ways of thinking that you never thought about before. Yeah. So because, we would have never met otherwise. Because I don't live in an echo chamber. People need to be open right. to all these other like points right. of view, just like how we should be more open with exploring our sexuality, with exploring right. and different sexual acts and eroticism. Oh my yep. God. Dr. Joe, you've been such a motherfucking fantastic guest i'm still like fanboying over here thank you oh my god do thank you have you. do you have like any parting words of wisdom for our listeners out there the ones who are in a marriage that are struggling or well, they're questioning yeah. their sexuality anything to leave them off tonight yeah this is a, a quote by uh, the late jack moran who was a sex therapist and he used to say if you go to war with your sexuality you will lose and cause more chaos in your life than when you started. So my whole um, work is all about not going to war with your sexuality. Let yourself make friends with your sexuality and your eroticism. And then from there, you can determine how you want to live it. Ooh, snaps. Ah, I love that. I'm going to masturbate to that sentence later. All right, good. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Last but not least, can you please make like a butt and plug away anything you want the audience to find? Sure. Uh, well, my TikTok and everything, everything that social media for me is at Dr. Joe Court, D-R-J-O-E-K-O-R-T. I have um, my JoeCourt.com website, which has my podcast, um, which we do. Um, uh, we're in our third season. I love it. I've, I've had sex workers. I've had uh, FinDoms, you know, FinDom, financial domination. I've been I've, a FinDom. All, oh, you've been a FinDom. I, right. I was an escort. Oh, yeah. Oh, where you are? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I love it. I, it gives me the flexibility to talk with everyone, therapists, sex educators. So maybe we'll have you on sometime as well. Oh, yes. I would love to talk about all of the guys and the girls that I've been with. All right. Because money yeah, talks. We'll, do that. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Joe. And to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sex with Tim podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Give us whatever stars because you know you love us. <laughs> and with that, I will see you at the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!